This is episode number 46. This week we are on our last solo episode of diving deep into Dr. John Medina's brain rules. I wonder how are you managing your time during these unexpected life events that are happening in our world today? You can build up your cognitive reserve or your brain's innate ability to get a job done through different types of learning or through new experiences. People with a stronger and healthier cognitive reserve, one that's been strengthened with learned experience, have been shown to be more capable of coping with unexpected life events. I highly encourage using any extra time that you might have in your schedule for learning instead of reading the news or wasting time. This can be a time for all of us to ramp up with our knowledge if we're able to manage the inevitable distractions all around us. Welcome to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast. My name is Andrea Samadhi. I'm a former educator who's been fascinated with understanding the science behind high-performance strategies in school, sports, and the workplace for the past 20 years. Each week, we bring you an expert who's risen to the top of their industry with specific strategies that you can implement immediately, whether you're a teacher or a student in the classroom or working in the corporate world to take your results to the next level. In episode 42, Dr. John Medina gave us some new insights on applying 12 brain rules to our daily life. I could spend a year on these rules, but I've just taken a few of the concepts that stuck out to me as important to dive deep into. Dr. Medina spoke about a theory of mind concept. He said theory of mind is as close to mind reading as brain science gets. So why is theory of mind so important? Theory of mind is crucial for everyday social interactions with others as it's used to analyze, judge, and infer other people's behaviors. It's an important social cognitive skill that involves the ability to think about mental states, both your own and those of others. Psychologists have called this a theory because we don't know exactly what's going on in someone else's mind. We can only learn to make inferences based on life experience, intuition, and practice. So why would this skill be so important in the classroom? Imagine how much easier life would be if you could look at your students and be able to know if they were feeling anxious before a test or a sporting event and be able to intervene with a quick strategy to calm their nerves. What about the workplace? Imagine if you are working in a restaurant, how much easier it would be to serve your customers if you could read facial cues that come along with needing something like an empty glass of water or a utensil, or maybe even heating something up that wasn't hot. The ability to look and read what someone else is thinking makes life much easier in these situations and is a skill that can be learned with practice. Before we take a deeper dive into theory of mind, I want to tell you when I first learned about this skill. When I was in high school in Toronto, Canada, where I grew up, there was this awful span of time where there were these crimes committed by someone that the media called the Scarborough Rapist. And I'm talking about the late 80s and the 1990s. Anyone living in Canada at this time would remember when they finally caught this man who committed these terrible crimes with his wife. They ended up calling this the most horrific crimes in Canadian history, and the media changed what they called this person to the Ken and Barbie killers based on their appearance. I remember asking my mom at the time, how would I ever know if someone is bad, if these two people could be so evil, yet they don't look evil at a glance? My mom looked at me and said, 
you can't see it in their eyes and sat me down at the kitchen table and started what were known as our reading the mind in the eyes lessons, which I now know can be tested. You can test your social intelligence score and how well you can read the emotions of others by looking into their eyes with the theory of mind test that was developed by Professor Simon Baron Cohen at the University of Cambridge. Yes, this is the cousin of the well-known Sasha Baron Cohen, the English actor and comedian. I don't know what training my mom had with theory of mind, but when we started these lessons by taking random people's photographs from local newspapers, and she would teach me just to isolate one eye with a piece of paper. Then she would ask me to tell her what feelings I would get from looking at that one eye. At first, it was really difficult, and I wasn't sure what feelings I was getting, and of course, who wants to guess and get this all wrong? After a few weeks of reading regular people's eyes, she asked me to isolate the eyes of that evil couple from a photo that appeared in the paper. At first glance, the photo looked just like anyone else on their wedding day, but when I isolated their eyes, I saw what she meant. I could read more into these two people from this practice of looking into their eyes than I could at, at a quick glance of their entire face. This began my practice of learning theory of mind that was a skill that became very useful later in life. I just wish I always listened to what I would feel from people's eyes because this skill can help you navigate life with ease, give you lots more information if you can learn to develop and listen to what you feel. Here's some tips for reading the mind through the eyes. Tip one, where to begin. Start with photographs and isolate one eye and just listen to what you feel. Start with photographs of world leaders or people whose character you already know to begin with. Tip two, what are you looking for? Study real people when you're interacting with them and look at both of their eyes. Pay attention to what you feel. Emotions like happiness, fear, or sadness show up in someone's eyes just as when someone is not telling you the truth. You should be able to recognize when your child is telling you they have a stomach ache if they don't really feel well or if it's something else that's bothering them by looking at their eyes. Tip three, verify what you think. Write down what you learn and if you know the person you're studying well enough, ask them what they think. Tip four, learn and improve. How can what you are learning help you to be a better friend, spouse, employee, parent, or coworker? Dr. Medina talked about theory of mind in episode 42 with the question I asked him about Art Linkletter and Walt Disney. He defined theory of mind as the ability to understand the intentions and motivations of someone else. And because Walt Disney didn't have this ability when he was describing his vision of Disneyland to his friend years before it became a reality, he missed some important social cues with Art Linkletter that could have allowed for a completely different outcome if the two had partnered together with this venture. Dr. Medina did say that there is scientific evidence on how to improve theory of mind that's been well documented in research. He says that you can improve your theory of mind score by reading narrative fiction 10 to 15 minutes a day by authors who've won awards so that you're reading well thought out sentences. He suggests to create book clubs and study literature as a group to continue to work on this skill. If you're curious about your theory of mind score, you can take the test yourself and then see if you can use these tips to improve your score and with time and practice, improve your social interactions as you become more in tune with others. 
I scored 29 out of 36 with this test and I know there's always room for improvement with anything we're learning. If you take the test, I'd love to know how you score. To close this episode, I just want to remind you to go back and listen to Dr. John Medina's episode number 42 if you want to hear his thoughts on theory of mind. Also, episode 22 is a powerful lesson to review with Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence Mark Brackett on his book, Permission to Feel, as a reminder for how to recognize our own emotions and the importance of self-regulation, especially during the difficult times we're facing in our world today. If we can all do our part to work on ourselves just a little bit each day, like Aristotle said, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. We can achieve so much more together. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com. 